Hello and good morning to you, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. Of course, it's your brother, Pastor Chid Jacob, here this morning to break today's bread with us, to share in our fellowship with the Spirit, with life, with Christ, that our eyes are continually opened and things made very simplified in the name of of Jesus. Don't forget, beloved, one way you know the very heart of God is how he is. If you look around, right, you see that God is using everything to communicate himself, his his desires and his will for us. And he makes it very simplified so that we are not confused. Now, the problem is that uh, religion has made God so complicated, right? So, so extremely complicated that if it is simple today, it's, it doesn't look like God. If it's easy, it doesn't look like God. I remember when how much my heart was poisoned to the point that if something is not hard, if something is not painful, if something is not difficult, I don't believe God was involved. Like for me to get something from God, I have to go through all kinds of stuff before finally God gives it to me. And then I have to also go and thank him because if I don't thank him, uh, you know, like the gentleman said last Sunday, if I don't thank him, each time I don't give him thanks, he is angry, he is disappointed. Uh, and brothers, that is not a description of our God. That is the description of a God of thunder not our heavenly father now you know why i'm saying all this don't forget the perception you have about anything controls that thing let me give you an example for example the way uh, somebody's introducing somebody to you and the person said oh here is mr john or mr peter or mr simon or whatever and they say mr simon is a very good man he's very loving he's very you know kind and you know you can get along with him only that if you offend him he will never forgive you now look at that description very carefully they say well mr x uh, john peter simon he's a nice guy you know he's giving you know he loves you know but you know if you offend him he will never forgive you now the way our brain has been wired naturally is that our focus will be on that bot. I hope you know that. That's where my focus will be. That's where your focus will be. And that bot will control that relationship. Now, it doesn't matter how kind, right, uh, the fellow tries to be. It doesn't matter how nice he tries to be. Uh, you are going to be working on an eggshell in that relationship. In fact, if he's more kind, you are on the, you are looking forward to the time when either you will offend him, he will not. And that's exactly what happened. So today, for example, the way we read things controls how we experience that thing. That is why definitions are important. Names are very important. What we call God, very important. What we call ourselves, very important. Beloved, hear me out this morning. I have said these things many times, but I'm going to keep repeating them because that's where the source of the whole thing is. Don't forget, don't forget, before Jesus came in the flesh, men knew about God. They knew how to pray. 
they knew how to fast. They had the laws of God and they were doing their best to live by the laws even though they couldn't do it so they watered it down where they thought they could do it. Even that one they watered down, they could not keep it. So they had an idea of God and they had many different names for God. They call him Jehovah the Healer, Jehovah uh, Elohim, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Tiskenu, you know, uh, God, uh, God our peace, our banner. Why did they do that? Because they didn't really know who he was, so they were describing him by his act, which is okay. Nothing wrong with that. So when God healed, they call him Jehovah the healer. Right? When God provided, they call him Jehovah the provider. Why were they looking for different, different names? Because they really couldn't, right? They couldn't really um, frame him up. They couldn't have a definite understanding of who God was. So they were looking for complicated ways and things to describe him. And it was never one thing. Beloved, can I tell you something? Did you know that this is also what gives birth to many of the denominations we have today, right? It is because men are trying to give God names. So if God heals in their midst, they have a ministry of healing, right? So now Jehovah is the healer, right? So when you go to that place, God is worshipped as a God that heals and everything is about heal. If God happens to help heal a marriage, they have a ministry that focuses on marriage. So when you go there, the worship of God is about marriage. And some people, you know, saw a God deliver, you know, deliver. And then so they try to cut that one out. They, they, the ministry becomes ministry of deliverance. So when you go there, everything that is talked about God is about deliverance. And uh, somebody prophesies. And so they take a name, professors and so. So God is about prophecy. So when you go to that place, the worship of God about that place is about prophecy. They must continue to give prophecy, prophecy. And then, um, you know, you have a, a, a place where, um, you know, somebody was healed emotionally. When you go to that place, God, the talk about God uh, has to be about emotions. Remember, remember. All these things, God can God do all this? Of course. Does God do all that? Of course. Can God do all that? Yes. Will he do all that? Yes. Has he done all that? Yes. But remember, it's not different from the children of Israel who try to describe God or try to worship him by his acts. They try to worship him by his acts. And don't forget, when we go back a little, when we go a little back to history, you find out that that is how men, remember, before there was one God, there were multiple gods for different things. Uh, the, the Romans had God of fertility. The soldiers had God's God of boots, a God of fertility. If you are trying to conceive, that's the God that you worship. If you wanted children, that's the God you worship. Uh, the Romans, uh, soldiers who tricked, had a God of boots. They also had a God of toilet. Uh, to avoid to avoid them getting dysentery and all the disease, so they had a god of toilet. So different different gods. Now the, it is that same idea that was imported in here, where you know they began to describe God by his acts. Don't forget, none of these descriptions explains his nature, who he really is, his personality. It's the same thing today. 
when you look up there are denominations everywhere this one says our own is prosperity right god has called us to preach prosperity god is a god of prosperity does is that true does god prosper us of course he's our father in fact he has already prospered us does then you go to some certain place the minute meeting is about healing and healing does god heal yes has he healed us absolutely yes but don't forget None of these things explains who God is. And that was the exact situation that was in place before Jesus came. They have seen the miracles of God. When you say crazy miracles of God, they have seen they saw manifestations of God in diverse ways, right? And, and they were pious people. They were very religiously devoted people. I, I said to people today, you are making laws, you are making noise about the laws. You cannot come one tenth of the Pharisees. See, even Jesus commended them. He said, you are, he said, see, see, Jesus says, for you to enter the kingdom, eh, your righteousness must exceed that of the Pharisees. Jesus even acknowledged it. Right? Now, what Jesus is saying, of course, to, to exceed them is that the one you have must be the one that comes from God. Because that's the one, the only way you can exceed their own devotion. Right? And don't forget, these were the people who, in all their devotion, they really did not know who God is. It's the same thing today, beloved. Same thing today. So, it was in that was the situation when Jesus came and said, This God you have been calling all these names, right? He is your father. It is simple. It is easy. Anybody born of a human being can understand it because knowing that he will come to explain this, God put us in families. We have fathers, right? Even if your father turned out to be a monster, right? It is also because he too has problems. But an ideal father is a provider. He's a protector. He loves. He lives for his children. And so when Jesus came and said, God is your father, you would think that they would receive the message. No, it angered them. It annoyed them. It made them very upset. In fact, I have said it many times and you can't go verify in your scriptures. This is the, the point at which they decided to kill Jesus. They have been angry because his ministry was messing up their ministry. Right? The idea of God they were giving the people, right? It was, um, you know, uh, what Jesus was saying was counteracting them. So they, they have already been watching him, upset about him. And now he now comes and said, cause God father. They said, mm -mm, we have to kill this guy, right? And Jesus asked them, why are you working so hard to kill me? They said, look, uh, Jesus said, don't you see the good works that I do? They said, no, no, no. For the good works, we're not trying to kill you. But for you, listen to what they said. They said, but for you being a man. Calling God your father. Ah, they say that one, that one, that one, that one, we can't forgive that one. Think about that. But that was the core purpose Jesus came to tell us that this God, God, you have been calling everywhere, this God is your father. Father. And he went extra miles to help them understand that. So he would say something to them like this uh, My father and your father. Your father who is in heaven. When you pray, say, my father who is in heaven. He was trying to put into their consciousness that this God is your father. And beloved, why is that very important? Because I've said this over and over again. As simple as it sounds, 
That is the highest revelation you can have about God. It is not the God with eyes of fire. It is not God like that sounds like thunder. It is not God that seated on third heaven and used the earth as his footstool. It's not all that. No, no, no. Because you can say all that. He's still a distant. He's still very far from you. But once you acknowledge him as a father, now you're in a relationship with him. And that understanding is what molds us into sonship. He is our father, we are his sons. If he's my father, he cannot disown me. If he's my father, his love for me is eternal. If he's my father, he is not he is not recording a video. He does not have a studio, right? He does not have a studio in heaven equipped with all kinds of cameras. And he, he doesn't... He doesn't consider my good, but he's using that studio to record all the times I've made mistakes, all my bad, so that at the end of my life, you know, when I get to the gate, he will not play the video, say, see you now. Uh, instead of you to be praying, you were eating akara. Uh, instead of you to be fasting, uh, you went to visit a friend and stuff like that. So now you have failed me. I send you to hellfire because no father does that. And today, that's why they fight. When we try to describe the fatherhood of God and what it means. Sir, let me be honest with you. Because this is what most of, don't forget, we are talking about first war against false identities, right? So, because we gave God a wrong identity, we too assumed a, a wrong identity, right? So, so the way, don't forget what I told you this morning, the way you perceive something is the way you experience that thing, Right? If I give you, if I give you the gift of a brand new phone and you perceive that this phone is toy, you will use it as a toy, right? So it's not really what the phone looks like that controls your experience about that phone. It is your perception or your understanding about the phone, right? That is how you will experience the phone. If you saw it as, wow, this phone is so precious. Nobody should touch this. You put it in a glass, right, and hang it on your wall. The phone is not going to jump down. That's how you... But why will you do that? It's because of... So, you are not... Your experience is not what the phone is and what the phone can do. Your experience is coming from where? Inside of you, your perception of it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Friend, you know why I'm repeating this this morning? Don't forget. Don't forget. This is war against every false identity. God, we have to have the right identity. You have to know that God above all things is God. Does God heal? Yes. Does he provide? Yes. Is he, um, you know, ordinance? Yes. But at the end of it, that is why the Bible says, don't forget I told you that being led of the Holy Ghost, not me telling you, I read the scriptures for you. I want to say it like that so that it's clear. I read the scriptures for you in Romans chapter 8. If you read down, I think verse number 14 to 17. You know, it tells us what the work of the Holy Spirit is to lead us, right, into the depth of that relationship where we no longer just call God Father. We call him Abba, Father, Daddy, God, Daddy, Father. Oh, very affectionate way. That means the Holy Ghost leads you and I into the fullness of that relationship. Don't forget, being led into the fullness of that relationship is what reforms my life. It gives my life an identity. And the, what, guess what? The correct identity, the right one. I am a son of God. God is my father. He loves me eternally. I share in his DNA. You remember, look at what the scripture says, friend. It says we are heirs 
of God himself. We are heirs of God himself. Don't, can you just sit down and just think about what that means? I tried to explain this in church the other day. And many of these things, right, is God has also made arrangements so that it's easier for us to understand. When you talk about heir and, and, and being an heir, think about Prince Charles. Think about Prince Charles. The, the queen just died, right? Right or wrong, whether you like him, you don't like him, whatever you say, it doesn't matter. He takes the throne. He takes the throne of his mother. He didn't have to qualify for it. He was born that way. He was born that way. I mean, if you go to uh, social media, you see videos of him behaving like a child. Just a pen. He was trying to sign a signature somewhere and the pen was running. You could see his reaction. It doesn't matter what you say. He's a prince. He was, he, he was the heir to Queen Elizabeth. And once the mother dies, he takes the throne. Whether you like it, you don't like it, it doesn't matter. Right? And guess what? Did you know that everything that has molded his behavior all his life is the consciousness of who he is as a person? Friend, and to make it tighter, you know what the Bible said? Don't forget, Prince Charles could never assume the throne until the mother dies. Isn't that so? Right? He was just an heir apparent. Isn't that what the death of Christ did for us? Hallelujah. Isn't that what that means? The Bible tells you, the Bible explained that clearly. You know, it tells you that you cannot, uh, 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 you know, somebody to inherit something, uh, you know, cannot take over until the, uh, the person, um, you know, first dies, right? That's, it is, listen, these things, all these things you see should help us understand, convey this message to us. Prince Charles, heir to the throne, he was born into it. Don't qualify for it. Now, if you ever saw Prince Charles, right? If you ever saw him out on the street smoking and, you know, rolling on the floor with thugs and talking like thugs and gangs, did that remove his position? Absolutely not. You know what happened to him? For some reason, that day he forgot that he's a prince. That's the only reason that will make him see him behave like that. He forgot that he's a prince. And how do you heal him? You don't tell him that, hey, look, you have lost your place to the throne. No, you will tell him, remember who you are. Can I tell you something? Did you know that up to the way he laughs in the public, the way he shakes hand, the way he walks, and the way he talks, all that is coming from the consciousness that he has to talk like a prince. He has to act like a prince. Friend, it's no different here. The Bible says that we are royal priesthood. And then, this, is, this one is so amazing. Our inheritance is not perishable. It cannot perish. It's eternal. It's God himself. I hope that maybe using this example this morning makes it a little bit easier for you to understand. And why is this message coming over, over and over? Again, it's war against any false identity. Anything that has given you a name, called you an identity, that is short of what the Spirit of God calls you, you must reject. Whether you have accepted it, 
you know remember those things i used to say oh why is my own always like this oh i never get this oh i can never do that oh this and that no those are all false labels coming from your experience now i'm not trying to dispute that such things happen but don't forget it's only one state and every state is subject to change the way it changes is not to wrestle with this with with it outside is to change it in the realm of the spirit and how demolition every false identity and accepting only that that is yours i'm going to stop here and of course by the grace of god i'll come back to you again tomorrow don't forget to help me spray this message with joy in your heart and if you do have any question or any concerns get back to me and i'll do my best by the grace of god to attend to it 101 and don't forget this glory is about the unveiling of the sons of god where everything they have said about god is now tangible real in their eyes and right before their eyes amen and amen so don't forget that this morning you have been served shalom